Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Good morning. First reading is from Genesis chapter 18. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham came, ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour knead it into dough, and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant, who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat, and he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where is Sarah, your wife, they, the visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Here, our second reading is from Colossians chapter 1. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see <clears throat> and the things we can't see, Excuse me. <clears throat> such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everyone was, everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God, you were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. <coughs> but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. <coughs> Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, 
and I, Paul, have been appointed by God servant, as God's servant to proclaim it. I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. As Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just hits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all of these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our parent, Jesus our Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit our Sustainer. It has been such a blessing to learn and grow and serve with you as I completed my diaconal fieldwork here at Good Shepherd over the last couple of months. Whether it was working on birdhouses, leading worship, facilitating VBS, or just chatting over coffee, I have been enriched by you and the staff. Thank you for your hospitality and the opportunity to preach this morning. In society, we often identify ourselves and others with our jobs, careers, vocations, and titles. I often do this when I introduce people to one another. That's Roy the carpenter. Here comes Mark the lawyer. Here comes Susan, that PhD candidate I told you about. Christoph is a stay-at-home dad. This is Holly, the president of the board. When I meet someone, I often ask what they do during the week to learn more about them. This is intentional because while I don't want to insinuate that a person's value is just their job or role, I still want to know how they spend their time or how they describe themselves. However, the connection between job and identity is so ingrained in my mind that I often revert just wanting to, back to just wanting to know what someone does for work. For some reason, what someone does carries more weight than who they are. Or put another way, 
Doing is better than being. You have probably known me as Matthew, the diaconal candidate, or Matthew, the deacon student. That's what it says on my name tag. Or maybe Matthew, the intern, or Matthew, the chaplain. Five years ago, believe it or not, I was Chef Matthew. Prior to seminary, I served as the food service coordinator for a men's homeless shelter on the west side of Chicago. I was responsible for planning and preparing meals and working with volunteer groups. I had hats and jackets with Chef Matthew sewn on them. Sometimes people just called me Chef. During my shift, I often had chicken cooking for that for tomorrow's lunch, something simmering on the stove, pasta reheating for that day's lunch, and inventory and ordering to do. In professional kitchens, there is always, always something to do. I was busy, and I lived with anxiety that I always had to be doing something, and it had to be perfect. Even with all the busyness of the job, I tried my hardest to eat meals with the guests in the dining room. It was in these moments with conversations with guests that I began to feel something pull me away from the kitchen. Yet it was always there, distracting me from giving my full attention to the man right in front of me. Something could be burning. Did I remember to thaw the hamburger? The delivery man just showed up with a pallet of food from the food bank, and I need to check it in before it spoils. Yet I had a strong desire for relationship, to be present with the men and sit with them. Somehow these moments fed me in ways that my kitchen work did not. Yet I struggled with the tension that I should be doing something in the kitchen rather than just hanging out with the guests. Something similar is happening in today's gospel. Jesus has been invited to dinner by two sisters. Jesus takes a seat when he comes in and begins sharing a message. One sister, Martha, begins preparing a meal for the guests, while the other sister, Mary, takes a seat at Jesus' feet to listen. Martha was distracted by many things. Now, Martha appears to not just be reheating something in the microwave for her guests, as would be expected if someone is offering hospitality, but is distracted and worried about providing for them. She's got chicken cooking in the oven for tomorrow's lunch, something simmering on the stove, pasta reheating for lunch and inventory and ordering to do. Yet she is missing the chance to sit with Jesus. Just being rather than doing. Because her distractions and worries are blocking her ability to do so. Sound familiar? How often do we let to-do lists, smartphone notifications, worries, and distractions block us from experiencing God in, midst, in our midst, whether here at worship, while on a hike in the woods, or while another is standing right in front of us. 
we are missing holy moments. I think about how many moments like these that I missed when I worked as a chef, and even today. Like many of us, Martha has gotten so caught up in her head that she throws her own sister under the bus. Jesus, send her away from you. Mary, can't you see that I'm doing all the work while you're just sitting there? Now, Jesus' answer is a difficult one. However, let's try to understand it in the light of worry and distractions. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. I don't know about you, but I bet this was a hard thing for Martha to hear. She was trying to, her best to be the best host she could be to this important teacher. Yet she, like many of us, was caught up in doing rather than just being. Martha, the beloved child of God, experiencing the closeness of God in her midst, just being with Jesus. I don't think that Jesus is saying that hospitality is less of an act of discipleship than listening. Yet, what Jesus is getting at is we should not place our attempts at doing higher than our just being. As Lutheran Christians in the United States, I think that we feel this tension acutely. We have imbued with the Protestant worth ethic and tropes like work hard and you will succeed, or the American dream is available to all those who pull themselves up by their bootstraps. We believe that our value comes from what we produce or our job titles or our graduate degrees. This infects our faith life as well. Am I doing enough volunteer work? Have I read the Bible all the way through? Am I praying enough? Am I doing enough to earn God's love? One morning while I was working at the shelter, I sat down with a man who was eating alone. I listened to his story about how he felt like an alien and was so different than everyone else around him. At one point, the distractions in the kitchen melted away, and the man said to me, You know, no one's ever really listened to me before. This was a holy moment and an affirmation of my call to ministry, to leave the kitchen and go to seminary. I didn't do anything. This not doing, but being, is difficult for most of us. Creating a space for another to tell their own story and to let them know that they have value of a as a child of God is a way of being that is counterintuitive at times, even for those called to relational, caring ministry. This is difficult. As a hospice chaplain, I'm often called to sit overnight with a patient that is very near to death. 
Often they're unresponsive and their families are asleep or have gone home for the night. If you looked, on, if you looked in on me, it would appear that I'm not doing anything but sitting alone in a dark room. Somehow, just my being is a blessing to the family of the one dying, knowing that they can sleep or go home from the night, secure in the fact that someone is with their loved one. I don't pray aloud. I don't offer words of comfort. I don't try to explain life and death or heaven or life after death. I don't make sure someone is saved. I'm just being Matthew, being with the patient, perhaps a manifestation of the presence of God, even in the most difficult of circumstances. And although working third shift is hard for me, this time sitting watch is often a blessing, and I feel honored to be in these holy moments. Next week, some of you will be serving with IHN at Madeira Methodist. Sure, the dinner needs to get cooked and served, dishes washed, and whatever tasks need to be checked off of that long to-do list. However, I encourage you just to be with the guests, listening and creating a space for a holy moment, building a relationship, even if it is just for a short time. Dear people, let us try just being who we authentically are, which are people made in the image of God and fully loved by God, less distracted by even our good works from the relationship God desires for us and between one another. Our doing of good works or being, even being the best carpenter we can be or the best board president we can be should be second to and flow from our just being at the feet of Jesus. This is the best part and will not be taken away from us. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.